Kia ora everybody, welcome to the Tahi with uh, not So'o Malo and Evie. Uh, so'o is in Samoa, or how he calls it, uh, the Garden of Eden. Um, probably sunburned already, he's been there like 20 minutes. Um, but I'm not alone. I'm not alone here in the studio today. I'm joined by the wonderful Joe Guy. Yay. Hello. 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 Uh, tell tell the people tell the people who you are, what you do, what um, your vibes is, what your vibes is, what your vibes is. I don't know if I could fully reveal what I do here because it could compromise any of the things that I say. <laughs> uh, but you know, I just I work here in the vicinity, and um, I'm real incognito today. I'm just trying to keep it anonymous, mostly because. I didn't realize how early in the day that you guys actually record, mm. and um, this is the earliest that I've been in the office in like three years. <laughs> we invited Jogai on because she's slay, and uh, we have heaps to talk about with her today. Uh, I'm really tired because we we're at the Pacific Music Awards last night, and it went on till like after twelve, and then I got up at four, and um, I'm real pissed off because I slept in a little bit, duh. And so I didn't do anything to my hair, and I did my makeup in like twenty minutes, and I look better than usual. And it looks I'm stunning. Yeah, I look really good. Like I look really nice today, and it oh, it makes me mad. It makes me so mad. Like I spent hours getting ready for the PMAs last night, and I'm looking at pictures of that, pictures of me this morning. I look better this morning, <laughs> and I'm exhausted. It's crazy. It's crazy. But anyway, PMAs. I'ma fill you in. As you know, last night was the PMAs, the Pacific Music Awards. We've been looking forward to it for weeks and weeks and weeks. Uh, so Omalo and I went down and we chatted to everyone, um, but there were some big winners on the night as well, like multiple awards, like could never be me. I've never won an award, but Mellow Downs was the top winner. Uh, he took home three awards, including Best Album for Lone Wolf. Um, he spoke to Saul right after he won. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, yeah, we've got, I've got a single coming yeah. out in a couple of weeks, and yeah, just, you know, just keeping the scene healthy, man, and just loving being here, celebrating our people, and really honoured, and shout out to other people that got nominated for this award as well. Your guys' visuals are on as well, so yeah, it's yeah. nothing but love. Olivia Fawai was also uh, nominated a lot, nominated in five categories. Wow. She ended up winning Best Female Artist and Best Pacific Language Song. Uh, here she is chatting to Sao Malo right after she got off the stage. Olivia Hawaii, uh, the winner of the Best Pacific Language Song 2023. Congratulations. How are you feeling? I'm feeling very good. Thank you. It's a very special category for me. I've always tried to incorporate um, Pacific language. And even when it wasn't me, my dad always forced me to sing in you know, various languages. So I'm, I'm feeling very happy right now. Poetic won Best Hip Hop Artist, and the bro Sam V won Best Soul R&B Award. Uh, Sam was also the best dressed, uh, 100%. Not my call to make, but it is the call that I'm making. Sam V, best dressed, Pacific Music Awards 2023. Um, we interview a lot of people here at the Tahi, um, you know, all the time, and you would, wouldn't believe how many of them mention Sam V. Like, 85% of the people who come into this room mention Sam V and, like, talk about how much he's helped them and how great he is. So it's real awesome to see him there with... Uh, his whole community and like taking home some big awards. Uh, here he is talking to Soto Malo again right after he got off the stage for his win. How does it feel to finally be catching up and, and, and starting to really reap the benefits of a very long and illustrious career? You're right bro, it's been a long time. Uh, I think I used it as fuel man. Uh, for a long time I was seeing a lot of my peers here performing and speaking and winning and as much as it's inspiring it also left a little chip on my shoulder so it's cool to be here, man, and it's cool to be, I guess, wearing the moniker of 
Pacific Polynesian R&B. That's what I'm about. I wear that. I'm so, so proud of that. And New Zealand R&B too, because we've got the talent here. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be wearing it for. There's some young bucks coming up who are dangerous. They're ruthless. There were so many amazing performances as well, but my absolute highlight had to be Luana. Her and her band were just incredible, and she looked incredible in this like beautiful pink dress. It was something else. I really, really loved it. And um, we chatted to everyone on the red carpet. It was a blue carpet, actually. Ooh. And we had a great time. Um, the full video is up on our social uh, socials, tahi.fm, on everything, right now, as well as full interviews with the winners, too. So make sure to check them out. But, yeah, PMAs, uh, one of my favourite nights of the year. It was so good. It's so fun and special to celebrate um, all the hard work people have put in in the last year. And people fly in, man. People fly in from the islands. People fly in from the US. People fly in from Australia. Like, it's a big deal. Like, if you don't get there early, you're not going to get a car park. That's the sort of situation it is. Uh, it went really late, though. Like, it went really late. And i, I got to tell you, very, very tired. But congratulations to all the nominees and all the winners. And it was so fun seeing everybody. And I uh, can't wait to go again next year. Woohoo! Time for a political update. Because, again... I'm a very, very serious journalist, um, and I do real journalism. So la on Tuesday, we filled you in on a few of the policies that the different parties had announced over the weekend. And uh, on that day, we were talking about Labour's bridge policy, we were bridge, big old bridge tunnel connection in Auckland, and we said, oh, well, if you're not in Auckland, we'll let you know when they got something. Well, they got something. Uh, the government has announced a, quote, first-of-its-kind $2 billion climate infrastructure fund. Um, Prime Minister Chris Hipkins made the announcement in Auckland, saying the government is partnering with investment company BlackRock to launch the fund with the goal of making New Zealand the first country in the world to reach 100% renewable electricity. Um, BlackRock are a big, big investment company. They're actually banned from Texas for being, quote, too woke, did you know? Um, which, I don't know, fun fact. It's That stuff's really interesting, though, if you've got time to get into it. I'm not smart enough to explain investment firms to you guys. I'm really sorry. But uh, there's an interesting one from the government. Uh, check out more info on that on rnz.co.nz. Some really good write-ups on there if you're a bit confused about all the big new policies that have come out. There's a couple more I want to mention, though. Uh, the National Party wants to ban phones in schools, um, you know, just via the government, uh, not just your teacher being like, hey, get off your phone, uh, if under Luxon would be going, hey, get off your phone and stop vaping, you know, that sort of energy. Um, and then to the polls. The polls are going. People are getting really into the polls. The polls stress me out personally, but they are interesting and they are a useful tool. Um, at the moment, National are leading the polls, but Chippy, Chris Hipkins, is still the preferred Prime Minister. Yeah, almost two months out from the election, uh, stay informed. Make sure you vote. It's really easy to vote. Just do it, please. Please just do it. And that's my update. That's Evie Political News. Dun, 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 dun. I was lucky enough earlier in the week to catch up with musician Asia. She's just got a brand new song out called Today Oki Whakarongatai. Um, it was amazing to chat to her. She, It's a really incredible song. Um, I jo She talked to me over Zoom. So we'll talk over each other a little bit in this. But here it is now. Do enjoy. Joining me now over the wonders of the internet is Aotearoa award-winning musician and recipient of the Silver Scrolls Mile Heart Award, Asia. Kia ora, Asia. Thank you for joining me this morning. Kia ora. Kia ora koutou. Uh, brand new song out, uh, Te Reo Ki Whakarongatai. Can I just say, such a stunning song. 
Uh, in terms of the lyrics, could you fill us in? What's the meaning behind the song? Yeah, so, um, yeah, thank you, Satahi. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this. Um, yes, Te Reo Ki Whakarongotai. Um, really speaking of in its title itself, um, the distinct language of Whakarongotai. And Whakarongotai is my marae here in Waikanae um, on the Kapiti Coast. Um, and so... In a nutshell, I would say that this waiata is like a waiata mihi acknowledging um, te reo Māori, te reo rangatira, um, specifically the, the language of my iwi and my marae and my people. Um, and yeah, it's a waiata mihi to, I suppose, the many years, the many hands, the many people, past, present and future of course, is um, those that have been part of this journey of revitalization of Te Reo Māori um, within our iwi, um, across our motu as a people, Indigenous people. But yeah, so this waiata in a nutshell is very much about that. And it's um, a family heirloom, a taonga that's been, that was written 20 years ago by my uncle Kahuropata, um, who was also a lecturer teacher of Te Reo Māori on, on site, our marae, in 2001 and 2000 and 2001. So, yeah, it's been a long-awaited release. Um, but this is, yeah, this is our taonga, I suppose, that we um, contribute to the space of Te Reo Māori. Uh, Māra TK, another incredible artist, uh, produced this song with you. And genre-wise... Uh it's so unique like there's so many layers there like it's indigenous r&b you've got jazz in there there's those super modern like vocal layering thrown in it's also really immersive but you can still kind of like get down to it like it's still very vibes and i must say i love what happens when you and mara tk come together um tell me a bit about that collaboration what's that working relationship like with you two? Oh man mara's my brother you know he's our bro and he's a, he's been a long time friend of my partner Tola, um, you know they're Bowsies. But I met Mutter quite a few years ago around the music scene. I met his dad Billy TK um, back then as well. And yeah, I think I don't know something just ticked between him and I. I think we find that we're often musically um, like-minded, especially around vocals and singing. And so that collaboration, not only as friends, we consider ourselves as whānau, especially with the Meeting House Records, um, which is also including Ma. Yeah, so we consider ourselves a whānau, but I mean, I've enjoyed working with Mara. He's He just gets um, what I'm after in my own music. And it's very much, um, we take our time. We work around our families because we both have families, young families. You know, our vision is the same or similar, you know, in terms of te reo Māori music um, in today. And I've, you know, I've been jamming with Mara on his own shows, live shows, especially with Bad Meditation album. You know, for me, he's... he's um, I've got, he's one of my idols, you know, and he knows this. Um, I've always looked up to him, Electric Boy Hustle, all of his music over the years, and he's introduced me to a lot of my band members. I feel like we're, like, the same, but, you know, we're not too because he's an alien, so. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a bit more about Meeting House Records. I was so interested to, like, hear about that. I want to know every single thing that's going on with Meeting House Records. Well, Meeting House was um, originally... Um, 
born by Maratike actually quite a few years ago. I think he had been sitting on this idea of wanting, you know, he definitely had the title meeting house and wanted to secure it into a record label or a production label at some point. And so when we all met, you know, Ma come on the Kopapa, you know, we're somehow related, no doubt too, um, which just makes it even better. And so, yeah, I mean, both Ma and I, again, both big fans of Mara and wanted to work with him in and around that space. But also Māori, working with Māori, trying to grow our Indigenous people's stories and narratives um, in the way that people want to, um, in their own freedom. And for us, it's very much at the start. We're still a newly established label, which needs a lot of support. Um, and what I mean by support is probably a whole lot of, um, you know, cash money to get it off the ground properly wanting to eventually not only push our own stuff but push the the stories of our people through music yeah that's awesome I do feel like because me personally I'm reasonably early on my Te Māori journey like and I do feel quite deeply that music is what unites us and I think that the more that we can support people to tell their own stories through music the more we can come together um, yep, so I always get really excited to see initiatives like Meeting House and things like that because I just am like, yeah, let's do it, let's go. Like, yeah, you know? um, totally. But when it comes to contemporary Waiatereo or Māori, we are seeing some growth there, especially in rangatahi spaces. Like we've got theatre, alien weaponry all come to mind for me. In your opinion, what do you think has contributed to that growth and what can the industry do to ensure that that growth continues? Yeah, I think we've got quite a diverse um, landscape in terms of the music and especially Māori music across the motu. Um, I think now and and even more so now, um, people are, are turning to, you know, wanting to explore um, their identity, their histories, even more so. And, and I think what's coming out of that is a real fire and need for wanting to return and reclaim all of that, you know, and, and being able to do that through music is wonderful because, um, again, it's a universal language, you know. So that's almost the portal um, which carries, I, I would say, a lot of our people. And the talent's amazing. I mean, people have their own styles. I mean, there's so many different genres now um, with waiatereo Māori that's floating around. Um, so I I feel like it's just it's growing it's developing and just you know it's amazing it's getting it's it's, it's definitely um showing it's and presenting itself you know to our audiences and I think it's unique it's authentic and I think that's needed in New Zealand music mm. uh, um speaking of mainstream mm. we are the mainstream <laughs> Um, but also, you know, I, I feel like it's needed and, and especially on commercial radio um, that we're now normalising it. We're now normalising it. Yet it's very, um, for me, I think we're re-indigenising and reclaiming that space. And I think for Aotearoa New Zealand music industry, people are starting to go, oh, yeah, that's what's happening. Oh, yeah, this is actually what people want to hear because the stories in it and the narratives and the stories that come out of these artists are beautiful and interesting and have a lot of depth. And I think it's important. I mean, the rise of our young people today, they're very sure of themselves, you know, and I think it's beautiful to see and hungry for it. So, yeah, that, those are my whakaaro. Mm. With commercial media, I have sort of caught on to there's this sort of weird vibe from a lot of the people that are the music selectors that directors of that they are they do tend to be older Pakeha dudes and they have this set idea in their head of what Māori music is and yeah. it's quite um I think it's a bit outdated maybe 
Yeah, agree. And I think there's a crossover because this is our time now. I mean, there's a crossover in modern music and contemporary and, and, and then you still got traditional sounds that are coming through with intention, you know, specific to each artist and their music. And I think, um, yeah, I think you're right. It is outdated. It is outdated and it's generally supported by people that probably haven't expanded enough um, from then until now and that's not disregarding especially like our our our, our Maori music industry of you know pioneers like Moana and the Moa Hunters and Rania and Ruia who have paved the way Fidi Mako Black and and you know Kiri Tkanawa which is opera you know like Hinewehi Mohi I think they've definitely paved the way for us but yeah I mean it's changing and I think it's it's more about being in the know and on the know um as time goes on, you know, because there's beautiful gems, man, that are out there. So, One last question before we wrap up. I'm very excited to hear that there's a debut album on the way. Um, what are you allowed to tell me about it? Oh, man. Well, it's it's been um, a long time coming. I've been trying to do an album for the last 20 years. I mean, just as old as this song. And, you know, <clears throat> I think life had to happen. Life had to happen. I'm now a mother of three children, three beautiful children, and my partner Tola. And I think we've been able to really try and lift all of these songs that have been waiting for a long time alongside Mother TK. It was, it was very much about waiting for the right people who who got my 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 intention and my kaupapa for what I wanted to do so um and the band members as well so yeah it's been a long time coming I am looking forward to releasing this in March so yeah I can't wait to share that with everyone uh real soon real soon I'm so excited and I can't wait to talk to you again when it comes out and bombard yeah. you with heaps of random questions but um thank you so much for your time this morning um it's been great to talk to you and i hope you have a great rest of your day thank you so much evie and mahi nui to, to this to your kaupapa um and to all the listeners today so thank you you can check out mile heart award-winning musician asia's new song te reo ki now on tahi.fm it's also on the tahi list it's also on her own spotify and uh, when she mentioned that she's got an album on the way, I got so excited. I'm still thinking about it. I can't wait. She's talking about March next year. What about what about now? What about tomorrow? But I suppose it takes work, you know. Uh, Joe Guy is uh, our resident star sign girly. Well, my resident star sign girly. Uh, when I have questions, she's the person I go to. And as previously mentioned, we're coming in, coming in close to the election. Um, working in media in this time is... It's great. <laughs> it's really awesome. It's really, really fun. Really easy. I'm really excited about it. But uh, a lot of policies come out. Everyone's fighting for your vote. They're despo for your vote. And uh, there's a lot of things you can vote on. And what we're going to talk about today is the different leaders' star signs and what that means for their leadership. Uh, star signs something you consider when so, like doing your vote on the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. Oh, this no, is the, yeah, no, no, no. That no. is a joke. Um, no, this is the first time that I've actually properly sat down and done this particular kind of research about uh, New Zealand's political leaders. And um, it yielded some some interesting and surprising results. Mm. Mm. Start off with Madama Davidson, born 29th of December, making her a Capricorn. Mm. I quite like Capricorns because I'm a Sagittarius. One of my best friends is a Capricorn. Um, she works really hard. But she sucks at working in a team. <laughs> One thing about her. Um, tell us a bit about Capricorns. Um, so Capricorns, kind of, if we're giving it 
a broad overview look are often characterized as being, um, you know, they are kind of the money makers, they are the hard workers, they're the workaholics, mm. they're the people who stay behind in the office, work the long hours. Um, I'm a Gemini, I'm a Gemini, but I do have a Capricorn moon. Okay. So, you know, usually your sun sign is what represents um, your personality to the outer world and then your moon sign is kind of how you are more reflective when you're in a more intimate space and often when you're in a working space as well. And so Capricorns to me are kind of big leaders of the zodiac. Um, and I feel like, you know, when you learn somebody's zodiac sign, you're like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I feel like Madame Davidson is somebody where I'm like, that makes sense. Yeah, she's she, giving Capricorn. She's an earth sign, yeah. um, very down to earth. And yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, mm. well, I will, yeah. Um, I, no spoilers, but there's no Sagittarius's on, on the list. As there's a, no Gemini's either, actually. Yeah, but that's good, though. <laughs> like, fan of yours, you know, you're a great Gemini, but no, girl. That's <laughs> my Capricorn moon. Not the, the flip-flopping, <laughs> not the flip-flopping. But also, I have an ex who's a Gemini, so I'm allowed to say whatever I want about them. Also, like, Sagittarius's and Gemini's, sister signs. Like, oh, actually? two sides of the same coin. Oh. Yeah, so I know, should be everything watching. that you're saying, I'm reflecting back at <laughs> <laughs> Look in a <the> mirror. <laughs> Keeping with the Green Party, uh, James Shaw, 6th of May, making him a Taurus. Mm-hmm. My mum is a Taurus, she's stubborn as hell. Yeah, that is often um, a trait that is associated with Tauruses. But a good thing about him is that he is a fellow Earth sign. And so the three signs that make up Earth signs are Virgos, Capricorns, and Tauruses. And they work very well well together they're super compatible so him working with Madame Davidson is actually a very compatible and harmonious pairing for them as co-leaders uh on to Chippy the current prime minister mm-hmm. uh 5th of September so birthday coming up soon Chippy Yay. yeah happy birthday he's a Virgo so okay here is my only really analysis of this okay two things my mum's a Virgo so that's what I'm going to go on. But the second thing is that his birthday is 5th of September, which is one day after Beyonce's birthday, who really is the ultimate leader of entertainment, if we think about it, you know? Um, Wait, his is the day before or the day his after? His is the day after. Oh, damn, so she's September, she's September 4th. He's September 5th. So he's kind of following in her lead. Mm, mm, um, mm, as we all are. Virgo is well. often characterised as being quite pedantic, quite meticulous, quite detail-oriented, um... You know, if there's a big stack of paperwork, they're kind of, they're sifting through, they're making notes, they're detailed. Are they the sort of people you would get to take notes in a meeting? Yeah, absolutely. I they're scribe. The scribe. They're scribing. They're I'm scribing. terrible at being scribe in a meeting. Mm. Oh, you don't want me to do that. Yeah. Just, Is I that mean, the Sagittarius or the ADHD? Girl, <laughs> I, I think it might just be a personality flaw. Yeah. Like, I think <laughs> I'm just bad at it. I think it's solid mix, but a column A, but a column mm, B, you know? Mm, mm. Type um, A, type B. And now Christopher Luxon, 19th of July, just celebrated a birthday. Oh, you go. happy Exciting. birthday. Happy birthday, mate. Um, a cancer. I was surprised. I didn't think he was going to be a cancer, and I don't know why. Moving on to David Seymour, Act Party leader, birthday on the 24th of June, also a reasonably recent mm. birthday, and also a cancer. Yeah. Do two cancers get along? That's my question. I don't know. Yeah, I don't neither. know. <laughs> I feel like it could be pretty 50-50. Um, so when I actually initially gleaned his birthday, I was like, Gemini, classic, knew it. But no, just just off the cusp, um, he's a few days in late. I feel like he does harbour a lot of kind of more Gemini-adjacent traits. Winnie P, we've got to talk about Winnie P. Mm. Again, we said on Tuesday, uh, he may not be in Parliament, but he is in our hearts. Uh, Winnie P, 11th of April, making him an Aries. 
Duh. 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 Yeah. Duh. My rising sign is Aries, did you know? Tell me a little bit about Aries. Yeah, I, all I really gather when I tell people that I'm Aries, I go, ah, oh, yeah, you're mad. Yeah. And I'm like, I swear there's got to be more to it than I'm just kind of mad. Like, mm. Well, you know, they are like a fire sign. And your sun sign is also a fire sign because you're a Sagittarius. So fire signs be Aries. They be Sagittariuses. They be Leos. Um, so they have a very natural, passionate, fiery charisma, which I don't think anyone can deny that he does have. Um, and also something that we all know about uh, Mr. Winnie P is that sometimes you just don't know what you're going to get from him. <laughs> you know, you could you could be trying to say something. You could be trying to be a little bit cheeky. You cannot out cheek the cheek. Mm. Like mm-hmm. you will never win in that interaction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got that right. Um, and that's that to me is like a classic classic Aries. That I mean, do I like that? Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> I'm not going to win. I'm not winning in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And last but not least, uh, Debbie Nariwapaka. No birthday online, no birthday mm. date, but her birthday year. So we have her Chinese zodiac, which is a fire horse. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. I'm not gonna lie, I don't. I don't actually know what that that's means. That's gangster. Either. Yeah. My zodiac sign is a is a dog. How do <laughs> how do you get a fire horse? That's sick. Like I don't know what it means. I'm really sorry. Um, I, I'll Google it. But yeah, yeah no, nah, that's cool. Mine's a dog, fire horse. Who's winning? Definitely her. Um. <laughs> I, I don't know what it means, but I trust a fire horse. It's so elusive, I feel, to be, like, a public figure and not have your birth date, like, explicitly available on the internet. I feel like it's very elusive. Very elusive. Like I'm maybe, today. maybe so that people don't do shit yeah, like this. Yeah, possibly. That could be it. Possibly. Uh, anyway. there, was, there was even a bit of contention about what her specific birth year was. Oh, I saw really? conflicting things, so she might not actually be that. She's like John Wick. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> I might start, like... Actually, no, I love my birthday too much. I get too excited about it. Um, But anyway, uh, you're welcome. We've now given you all the information you need to think about who your preferred leader might be solely based on the day they were born and the vibes that that creates. Harry's here on the couch. Matua Harry, boss man Harry. Harry's here. I showed you an intro and then you said something, but it's fine. Uh, Anyway, Harry, what's up with you? You You got something to tell us about. Do you ever just embarrass yourself on a daily basis yeah you i yeah on this show yeah yeah you watch me through the glass do it twice a week for hours at a time so yeah i do i do embarrass myself yesterday i came away from an interaction and i was just like is it only me that does this because it's literally so embarrassing picture me um going into a coffee shop to order a coffee. Hard to imagine, but I'm trying to picture pretty, it. Pretty straightforward task, right? Mm. Like, you wouldn't think there's any kind of complications. It's an exchange of money for a product. There's not heaps to consider, yeah. No, there's not heaps to consider. Uh, I felt like an iced mocha yesterday okay. when I went to get a coffee. But for some reason, <laughs> when I went to order the iced mocha from the lovely barista down at Three Beans City Works here in Auckland... Um, I decided to start off the interaction by saying, sorry to be a pain, but could I please get a nice mocha? Sorry to be a pain, but can I uh, just real quick ask you to do the thing that you do here Mm. for money, Mm -hmm. for hours at a time, I'm really sorry for bringing it up, that sort of vibe? I didn't think about it. 
before going in just came out of me. Was she like, it's fine, thank you for apologising, or did she just simply make the coffee? She sort of could, like, if anything, it made her apologetic because she thought she had done something wrong, maybe gave off a bad vibe or something, because why on earth would I be saying sorry to be a pain before ordering a coffee. I think it's a millennial thing though, honestly. And you're are you you're cusp like millennial Gen Z, aren't you? Yeah. It's and a, I'm a Pisces to follow on Pisces. from the star sign chat. Yeah, you're a Pisces. You got mm. feelings. And that's good. That's a good thing. <laughs> but I think that yeah, it's like weird. I don't tell I'm like, oh I'm so sorry for existing and like being alive in this moment and I'm sorry to inconvenience you with like me being there, but can you do this? Like I hate it. Like at the gas station, mm. when stuff goes wrong at the pump, I'm like, oh, I'm, about to, I'm just going to ruin this person's day. Or like when you go into a store and the staff are having a really lovely chat with each other, mm-hmm. but you need to ask them a question. And I'm like, mm. I'm so sorry. Where are the? Where is this? And it's like, okay, well, their job is to help you. Mm. But also it's like, I just feel bad. I feel bad all the time. Even like when I indicate to go into another lane on the motorway, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry for existing. <laughs> it's terrible. I just okay, so it sounds like you're on the same page, but is it just us, or do you think it's a bit of bit of everybody? You know what? I think a lot of people do it, but I have met people who like don't. Mm. Like for example, my boyfriend, mm-hmm. lovely man, he doesn't have that. He just like he's like, hello, give me the thing I need. Like a normal person. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I just, think we are the weird ones. Yeah, um, uh, maybe. I'm trying mm. to. I hope not. You tell us. <laughs> Let us not. Yeah. Guess what? We have heaps of cool stuff on our socials still, and we've got a brand new show, A Place Called Tiamuru, uh, came out this week, and there's new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and, like, it's so funny. It's so, Just believe me in that it's so funny. It's the funniest show I've ever seen. Like, cry laughing. It's hilarious. And it's in Tiamuru, and it's sort of just, like, it's very silly, very fun, um... But there's a bit, there's there's a kid in it and she's like seven years old and she's like a star and there's a bit where she calls her Uncle Sans hooves and I just keep thinking about it. She's like, don't come in here with those hooves and it just gets me every time. Like, I don't know why, but it's a really good show. It's also, you know what's funny about it, which I didn't really think about until I was watching it for like the fifth time because I've seen it a lot because I really like it. Um... They teach you so much Tadeo with it without you even knowing. Because it's very it's very bilingual. It's about 40%, I'd say, is in Tadeo. And they put a little caption for us, which is very nice for those of us on our journey who are not fluent yet. Um, but, yeah, I've learned heaps of, like, random, like, fun day-to-day phrases and a lot of phrases for, like, being mean to people or telling them to shut up, which I feel like is a very important part of learning a language. So I highly, 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 highly recommend giving it a geese, have a watch, have a laugh, Live, laugh, love. It's on our socials. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, whatever else. Go now. Do it. Yeah. Woo! Harry's back again. Uh, he's our resident gamer girl. Gamer girl. Yeah, by default, I want to say. By default. I mean, I do... You me- play? I do play games, but... Mini Metro? I'm one of the best Woo. players of Mini Metro in the entire world, girl. And also, I still just play Heroes of Might and Magic 3 and 5. Yeah. I don't play all the new games. What's the difference between 3 and 5? Great question, Harry. So the difference is 3 is the best Heroes game. Hands down, everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. That is not an unpopular opinion. But it did come out in like 1990-something, so it's a bit old. Heroes 5, I really like, controversially, I really like because it's basically like functions the same as Heroes 3, like 
same sort of setup, but mm. it was it was like in the two thousands, so it's like a bit nicer, but easier to play. It's not so like janky and like pixelated. Um, but it's kind of like a wrap of Heroes Three almost. Okay. But it's controversial opinion. Um, a lot of people don't like Heroes Five, but Heroes Four, ooh, that's a whole. It's bad. No, it's it, I. Different. I liked it, but mm. it was different. You could move particular members of your army individually without having to put them with a hero to move them around the map. I really like that because I could stalk people and like spy on them in the bush with like a little wolf and like attack them when they weren't looking. But a lot of people hated that. They were working out. I'm not the only gamer girl on the team. Yeah. Okay. Fair play. But anyway, you're the number one gamer girl. There's a new game. It's a big deal. Everyone's oh, talking about yes, it. Yes, there is. Tell me. Tell me the goss. What's the tea? Borders Gate Three. Is that the Dungeons and Dragons game? Ooh, pretty much. Yeah. Essentially, it's Dungeons and Dragons. Tell me. But the barrier to Dungeons and Dragons, right, is... Because uh, I've always wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons. I'm going to join a crew soon. I'm waiting for their latest campaign to wrap up. But it's actually quite a bit of admin. It's a lot you of gotta admin. you got to get the group together. you got to have someone experienced as a dungeon master who's running the whole scenarios and the world building. It's a building. lot of work to be a DM. It's quite manual. Where this is, it's all easily in a video game. So not quite maybe as immersive as playing it in real life and role-playing, but as close as you're probably going to get. 2023, we've got pretty good with making video games, and this one is pretty good. A lot of uh, developers of games are doing like quick cash jobs now. They're kind of just putting out something that looks kind of flash, but there's not much substance there. This is loaded. Like, you're going to play for hundreds of hours on one single run, and then you've got so much replayability because everything is like multiple parts. You know those books where it's like you choose this, you go to this page, choose that, go back. Goosebumps books. I loved Goosebumps. Imagine like the thickest Goosebumps book of your life, but you also don't just choose like which way you're going. You create your character, you can customize your whole like companions and party as well. You can play multiple players or you can play by yourself and it's sort of a fun experience anyway. I'm going to take a step back. The Witcher, pretty popular Netflix show. And game and book. Yeah, so originally um, came from other forms of media before it was a Netflix show. I'm putting it out there now. I think Baldur's Gate 3, or they might just call it Baldur's Gate because 3 would be kind of weird, will be a Netflix show. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I But in saying that, anything could be a Netflix show these days. I, I think would... it's going to be a successful one because the story elements of just the game are really good. And if you extrapolate that out into just a TV show and maybe put some famous actors, actresses in there, then, yeah, I reckon Baldur's Gate is going to be an extra show. So you may as well get in now and see what the hype is about. What other games do you think would be a really good Netflix show while we're on the topic? Because I think... Let's forget about the Uncharted movie. Let's let's forget about okay, the Uncharted but movie. Naughty Dog, which was made un- Uncharted, also made Crash Bandicoot. Uncharted. Imagine- Uncharted. Uncarded. You, you know how um, Naughty Dog always made a cart version oh, of their games yeah, for like yeah, yeah. years? Yeah. When Uncharted 3 came out, I was like, fourth one better be Uncarted. And it's an Uncharted cart game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I've got jokes, guys. I've got jokes. That's good. Um, I think a live action Crash Bandicoot would be very funny. I think that would end up... They'd get Chris Pratt to do it. No, They'd get no, Chris Pratt no, to do it. And no, it would ruin the whole thing. No. I wouldn't mind, like, um... Like, I... I oh, Death Stranding. They actually were talking about a Death Stranding movie. I'll watch it. I love Hideo mm. Kojima. I'll do anything. For, I love Hideo Kojima. I'll take a bullet for Hideo Kojima. That weird little freak. I'm obsessed <laughs> with him. He's such a strange, bizarre individual. <laughs> and I loved that weird game. The second they gave me that little baby in the game... 
to Norman Reedus, who was me in the game, mm-hmm. I was like, it's going to be bad. Mm. And it was. And I played that game for like, what, 50 hours, 1 million hours. Mm. Lockdown. I feel like we derailed a little bit. We have derailed, but anyway. Baldur's Gate 3, definitely like a really fun entry point for people to role-playing games. I say that, the game is like super complex in terms of how big you can make it, but it, it, it does a good job teaching you things. I think it's really worth a shot if you've ever thought of like, maybe I want to try one of these role-playing games. It's definitely... Very out good. of five, um, I'm not. I'm not a, a bullish like five out of five, nothing to improve kind of guy. But it's it's pretty bloody. I'd say four out of five. Nice, mm. nice. All right, you heard it here first, everybody. Four out of Game five. Game of Girl Harry. Four out of five. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'm like I don't even like games. Proceeds to talk <laughs> about games for like five full minutes. Yeah. All right, you ready, Joe guy? Yeah. Would you mind just getting this onto your... All right, we're doing it. We're talking about Lizzo. We know it's been happening. We've touched on it, but it's been a lot for me. You know, I I really love Lizzo, and I've been spitting it in my brain for, like, days and days, trying to be like, why is this happening? And I like, I'm like, why is it happening to me? Lizzo did something bad. My life's over. But she's been accused of some pretty serious stuff. Um, and she's recently hired a defence lawyer for her lawsuit uh, with her, some of her dancers uh, have put forward. And uh, this defence lawyer, his name is Marty Singer, and uh, his clients include Bill Cosby, Charlie Sheen, Chris Brown, Jonah Hill, Tristan Thompson, and Johnny Depp. If I was going to list some of my least favourite men... They'd all be on it. They would all be on it. Uh, yeah, but... Oh, she had some people come to her defence, though, other than this lawyer, uh, such as Grimes and Jamila Jamil. What do you think about that, Joe Guy? <laughs> well, I mean, even as you were just reading through that list, I was like, you know what? That's quite the repertoire. It's quite the, cl- the list of clientele. Um, and it just got me thinking a little bit about, you know, all these other celebrities kind of come out of the woodworks often when they get riddled up in these sorts of controversies. Mm. Um, and I mean, it probably would have made more sense for us to have a PR professional in here to explain, Yeah. but I just personally don't understand why people who have zero stakes could just absolutely, it would, it would serve them to just stay out of it. They gain no benefit. They only gain detriment to their own reputation by getting involved why do they do it why do people like jamila jamil and grimes get involved and explicitly express their support when it's like you could have just stayed out of it it's also like them two just generally my (laughs) thoughts are girl who asked Mm. who asked like grimes love the music Mm. beautiful gowns Mm. but her vibes are off man like a few weeks ago she's talking about how she likes the patriarchy because it gave us roads what as a woman would never have figured out roads girl i don't know what you're talking about and then jamila jamil i mean what is her job now is it just tweeting about stuff what do you what do you think what do you think about jamila um so jamila jamil another controversial figure for me and actually i'm not gonna lie when i came in here i was like i'm gonna go on the jamila jamil hate train Mm. i'm ready and then in the last 10 minutes as i was really thinking about it and what it means for me as a south asian woman to come on here talk about jamila jamil i was thinking you know what we need mediocre representation as well because (laughs) (laughs) 
does. I'm thinking about our Caucasian counterparts who often, you know, you get to be as mediocre as you want in this world. You get to say some of the worst things po- possible. I'm thinking of, you know, your Maddie Healy's and your Grimes mm. as well. So and she me is... on this show, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I am personally conflicted about her, but in saying that, I do understand why she's a controversial figure and something that I personally have a gripe with is obviously people who come on and talk about things that they really just don't need to get involved in. It's like, we don't need to hear two cents mm. on this at all. And one of those topics that I know you and I both feel quite passionate about is that um, Jamila Jamil in the past has made her kind of herself the face of championing body positivity. Mm. And I don't know if, if uh, any of you know what Jamila Jamil looks like. Picture on screen. She's literally one of the best looking women alive. alive. And when she was on The Good Place, which was her sort of breakout mm. celebrity moment, the whole character is like, you're ridiculously attractive. And it's like, that's great. Stoked for her. Mm. Um, please don't tell me, a chubby person, <laughs> what I need to do to like help with body positivity. Girl... Conventionally beautiful, conventionally slim, like supermodel. Supermodel. Even in a world of celebrities, I feel like she's like goddess. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, something about that kind of initiative from her irks me. Um, Could we not have asked Ashley Graham that? But Ashley Graham doesn't really get involved in all that. She doesn't need to. She's like, I'm a beautiful, hot model. Like, Mm. what, what would I know about being ugly? And I'm like, girl. Slay. I was actually just about to say, I feel like Lizzo would have been a better representative, but maybe not. I well, mean, now we don't know. Now we have no idea, right? Like, who knows what's going to happen? Um, mm. There is a lot in that lawsuit, and I just... I, I don't know, man. It's it's a lot. The crux of it is, sometimes you just don't need to go out of your way to, to defend people and get involved. Yeah, just, it's fine. If Evie ever got in trouble, I'm staying out of it. I don't yeah, know <laughs> Like, fair enough. I'm just, unfollowing. I'm blocking. Yeah, no one's like, um, oh, look at this Lizzo drama. I wonder what Grimes thinks. <laughs> Let me go check out what Jamila's saying about the situation. Like, There are there are particular cultural commentators who I do want to hear from, I would say. So oh, there yeah? are exceptions. I want to hear from Azealia Banks. I always want to hear from I want to hear from yeah. Trisha Paytas. I do want to hear from And Trisha I want to hear from Wendy Williams. Girl, we... When the world needed her most, she vanished. Like, girl, this Ariana Grande Mm. situation, we need Wendy. People Mm. act like, Wendy, oh, she's so bad. We need her. She's saying what we're all thinking. Mm. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't defend Wendy Williams. She said some really (laughs) jacked up shit in her time. But she would have been good for this whole thing. She would have known what to do. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Just read the room. Just read Read the the room. room. (laughs) Read the room. Uh, We're right out of time. We're at the end of the show. Mm. Uh, when the camera's off, we continue talking about the whole thing for ages. Um, and now we're back. Uh, Harry, thoughts on, on Joe Guy's uh, job today as co-host? Very good. There you Thank go. You. I said before, in Boulder's Gay, I'm not a 5 out of 5 guy, but for Joe Guy's appearance, 5 out of 5. There you oh, go, Joe Guy. Thank you. Harry likes you more than this little game. <laughs> oh, <that's> so nice. <laughs> um, speaking... Uh, oh, oh, sorry. Oh. I was just going to say, it's yeah, we've run out of time for today, but... Don't despair. We will be back next week. Yeah, we always are. Tuesdays and Thursdays for the foreseeable future. Thanks for letting them know, Harry. I wonder. <laughs> I can confirm we are back next week, to my knowledge. Oh, yeah. We haven't been cut off yet. We haven't been cancelled yet. I don't think we will be anytime soon. 
Somebody well, is listening. I've seen the numbers. Somebody is listening. What, one person? I will not specify how many people. Okay. But somebody is listening. It's okay. not just me. Hi, Joseph. Um, Joe Guy had a crack-up story that I want to make her tell you. There, um, there's a person, there's a celebrity, if you will, in Aotearoa, who you believed you were related to. Mm. Tell us tell us this story. Tell us. So I do want to give a little bit of context, all right? So I'm Indian. My family immigrated here in 2001, you know, very early. I was very little. And my sister, she's a few years older than me. And I feel like this happens often between siblings where I feel like your older siblings just get a little... They, they get something out of just, like, lying to you, mm-hmm. just, you know, unprovoked. I feel like my sister told me that when I was 11, I was going to get letter to Hogwarts. I'm like, I'm 12. I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting. Hasn't come. Another thing that we often did was we would watch, um, you know, Vodafone Select Live back in the day on oh, C4. Yeah. And often, when um, Savage would appear on screen, <laughs> Samoan man, I believe, um... He resembled one of my uncles in India so much that I feel like one day I just made an offhand comment, like, he looks like he could be related to us. My sister's like, yeah, he is. No, he's our uncle. And I, there's this thing, like, when you're little where you're like, this person, I feel like they're messing with me, but when somebody older than you tells you something, you're like, but why would they? What Mm. what do they have to gain from lying? Mm. She could Mm. be telling the truth. So it was just this kind of blurred line for a couple years when I was younger where I was like, I think that this could be, like, a relative of ours. We have hundreds. Like, there are so many relatives we have. I'm like, that looks like Ruffle Mama over there. Like, that could be her. So that's that's kind of my yarn. But, yeah, just emphasising, like, we are different races. So, And he is a man who's from this country long before I arrived. So there's really, there was no go for that. But. I love it. I think if you went up to her and just like, uncle, like, he'd be like, <laughs> okay, like, why not? I just... The first time I ever saw him when I went to some awards ceremony, I was like, I was like pretty starstruck. Mm. And I was like, should I tell him this yarn? And decide against it. I just don't think he would think it's that interesting. I still haven't met Savage and I really want to meet Savage. He's <laughs> awesome. Like, yeah. He was also like huge for us when we were kids, but I didn't think that he was my uncle. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have that as Do you think anyone was your uncle or aunt? Um, I used to lie when I was five that I was related to the royal family <laughs> because <laughs> my parents are British and they moved here before I was born, but they both still have like hard out accents. So when I was five, I had like a little, like little British accent. You used to say mittens instead of like gloves. It was adorable actually. A little lisp. It was so cute. But people made fun of me for it. So I was like, well, I'm actually related to the Queen. So We wonder who I actually am related to. Who? Jamila Jamil. Oh, yeah, actually, <laughs> Jamila Jamil. That's my auntie. Oh, my God. Crack <laughs> up. I'm not related to any celebrities. Did you know, actually, um, my family is so small. Orp being, I'm the only Evelyn Orp in the whole world. Wow. There's max, like, what, 12, 10 Orps? Everyone keeps having girls, and it's such like a ugh, last name that we all get rid of it when we get married. Evelyn is, me. Evelyn is like a super royal name to me now that I'm Evelyn. hearing it. It's like Queen, yeah, Evelyn. Queen Evelyn. Evelyn, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's spo- right. Plot twist. I haven't even this on the show. My real name's Evelyn. <laughs> well, Eve, it's actually supposed to be Evelyn, but like Evelyn, Evelyn, mm. whatever. Should I end us with some QSRT? What's QSRT? Quick savage related trauma. Go for it. Yes. <laughs> okay, so. Savage has a song with Timmy Trumpet called Freaks. Yeah. Tell me where the freaks at. That was used as the theme song for a very popular radio station promotion of a station I used to work for when we did a promotion called The Secret Sound. 
Um, we did it every couple of months for four or five years straight. And we played that song, like the theme music, to open up every time we did the competition. I heard it like 400 times. Oh. And it's traumatized. <laughs> Shall we sing you out with it then? We'll see you next week. Kakite. Kakites.